Welcome everybody to episode 119, 119 of the of the Whiskey and Watches podcast. And for those of you who missed 118, it was such a banger. Uh, Spangler wasn't there despite teasing it. Um, maybe we were actually foreshadowing this episode because all three of us are here. We are going to do the decade dance like our buddies in the, what I think was dubbed the watch tripod, if I am correct, um, with a little, little nod to um, uh, Austin Powers. Uh, which which if you haven't caught one of the more recent episodes of fratello radio there's also a nod to the same movie (laughs) the same austin powers movie uh when they talk about when mike and rj talk about the uh (laughs) the rolex day dates they just picked up but uh yeah the the tripod uh three watch podcasts um so yes the the tripod alliance as it were um, gentlemen, uh, I'm just going to go in whatever order we have on screen. Spangler, what's in the glass? What's on the wrist? Let's just get this thing started. Uh, so in the glass is going to be a new pickup, uh, courtesy of, well, not courtesy of, but recommendation, courtesy of friend of the show, Ryan. It's a, a double oak Sagamore spirit rye. Uh, it's not bad. It's uh, What's Ryan. Uh, bald Ryan. Gotcha. Not yes, <laughs> not not where's watches Ryan? Yes, no, not where's watches Ryan? No, no, no. Sorry, where's watches Ryan? I'm sure you have great whiskey recommendations too, um, but you did not give me this one. Um, it's 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 pretty good, honestly. Uh, nice. It's it's very akin to uh, Woodford Double Oaked. This one might have a little bit more flavor notes too, but you know, overall not bad. Uh, I'd recommend it. On the wrist is the uh, Rolex One Two Four O Six O. No date sub on a new to me as of, I don't know, 30 minutes ago, cheapest NATO's ribbed tan strap, um, 21 mils for everyone out there listening. Um, so don't give me shit about it being 20 mils or me wearing 20 mil NATO's on this thing. So it's 21 mils. Right. Finally. There you go. Yep. Just That's all I got. Just all right. Buzzy. What about you, man? All right. On the wrist today is my Breitling Colt chronograph. One quartzy boy uh, to uh, take care of all of your timing needs. Uh, The ultimate grab-and-go piece, except for uh, I grabbed it and I went over to uh, the office to record it, and I do need a battery. Womp womp. Uh oh. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> you, you hyped it up so much as being the uh, grab and go piece there, bud. Exactly. <laughs> it was for a very long time until <laughs> about what? 10? Uh, what? I couldn't see what time you flashed upside down on yeah, screen. Turns, turn, <laughs> turns out uh, June 25th. Uh, rest rest <laughs> in peace, this battery. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's all right. I, uh, you know, the funny thing is the first time uh, that uh, I needed the battery changed on this watch, I was actually out at a buddy's wedding in San Diego. So about as far away as humanly possible from back home and everything, uh, wedding of a college friend, like very pumped. And I was so bummed. Like, son of a gun. Like, now this is just, you know, it's either you leave it in your Airbnb or however the heck we were renting stuff at the time. No, well, that's, no, that's dumb. What what good's that going to do? Did you wear it on your wrist? Oh, and, and you can't tell the time with it? That's dumb. Uh, you know, ultimate no, no win situation. I wore it anyway, but, uh, you know. <laughs> that was the right call, though. Like that was the right call in that situation. I think so. Yeah, they didn't uh, didn't have any other alternatives. So, so yeah. So, um, uh, in the glass is a a new pickup, also um, by. I mean, I would say he's even more of a friend, uh, uh, more than a friend of the show. Um, I'm still practicing trying to be a performing actually Catholic, but I am considering like joining as like a club member uh, of the church of Natter day saints. Uh, Boom. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Yes. It's 
it's pretty good. I, I, I hate to admit, I hate to admit that this I'm, I, I'm by choice drinking <laughs> this natural light concoction. Um, but as, as shandies go, um, it's actually fairly decent. And the fact that you can make a fairly decent shandy out of natty light just tells you that as a category, shandies are trash at me all you want. It's the truth. Search your soul. You know it. You know this is a fact. Wait, see, but what I will say with Shandies is you need to have a shitty beer that you're okay watering down right. with lemonade. That's what it needs. Like, don't get a nice, full-bodied, hoppy IPA. Don't get a good, like, flavorful lager or pilsner. No, you need a really shitty, cheap beer that you can dump a bunch of lemonade in and be like, yeah, this actually is better. Yeah. <laughs> and um I, I think it's very funny how how punchy the uh the strawberry is in in, in this one mm-hmm. and that is probably the key to its success um yes. to make the the once that that strawberry taste kind of rolls off of the palate to make the old natty light beer taste seem fine like uh because that's kind of left over longer than the strawberry is yeah it's it's refreshing right you know gas in some places like seven bucks a, a gallon um and you can get a six pack of 16 pounders for like five dollars at a gas station it's incredible um so good. Sometimes they're hard to find, though. Oh, yeah. So I, they, they can be, the secret might be a little out. Yeah. And it, it really, it, <laughs> it is a terrible, uh, terrible thing. Um, I do like the fact, too, that like I, I can't easily get them for some reason at my Kroger, like through the pickups that like I actually have to like go mm-hmm. into the gas station. I feel like that really adds to the experience. Yes. But yeah, it's such an ideal. It's nice, light. I, I was all on board with like hot Modelo summer, right? Uh, when, when when we're not having hot Scotch summer, that is. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is this is strong. Um, had a have family. It, it goes down so. Had a family <laughs> party this weekend and popped a, a couple of these uh, sitting by the pool. You know it. This is what it's made for. Oh, totally. And it's funny. So friend of the show, Sale1578, um, who I ran into at the Anderson 4th of July parade. You know, the, the second annual Red Bar 4th of July Anderson parade meetup in front of Kroger off of <laughs> Five Mile. <laughs> um, yeah, it, was saying that's that he a was, title. That's for sure. It is. Rolled it right is. off uh, the he, top. He was, he was joking. The first time I mentioned Natterdays on there, he goes, I almost spit my Natterday out when I heard it mentioned on on air as I was mowing the lawn. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, no. He... And then uh, one of my neighbors who I introduced to it, who's like, I'm going to start buying these because they're less calories and taste better than the crappy beer I drink in the summer. Um, he, he texted me a picture. He goes, so apparently we got to find these. And it was the for the fourth. I think it might have actually been for Memorial Day, but also for the fourth, they were doing red, white and blue. So it was blueberry lemonade mm. mixed in. Which I have not seen. They come in a red, white, and blue can. I gotta find those. That's like Spangler finding the PBR ninety nine pack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta hunt these down. <laughs> so we'll we'll see if I am successful or not. But uh, anyway, no, I am uh, glad to have another convert. I've been preaching preaching the good gospel since it broke eighty degrees, <laughs> and I've been able to find them. So <laughs> we'll keep working on that. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I I, uh, I gotta hand it to you. Um, Kudos. Well-earned kudos. This is a very good suggestion. Uh, a lot of times Spence gives suggestions or um, advocates for things that cost like massive amounts of money, right? He's always like, oh, you know, people should buy this watch and there's thousands of dollars down the drain. <laughs> no, Natterdays. I mean, that actually, it's, it's actually economizing, right? I mean, well, and like you said, what you should do is go get that go get that six pack of Tall Boys for five bucks, and if you like it, then go get the thirty right. pack for twenty ninety nine, and just think about all the savings. Exactly. Think about all the savings. Yeah. So, anyway, 
Yes. So I guess I will round this out. Uh, in the glass, I don't have a Natterday, although I considered it. Um, they've. I'm starting to get to the point where it's like, well, I got. I either got to go buy another one. Or I got to start conserving them because they're. I've depleted half of the second of the thirty rack because I gave away. Not gave away, but like was sa- handing out samples to folks trying to trying to win converts. That's right. Um, the first half of the summer with the first thirty pack. So, um, I actually have in my glass a, a good old a good old high school friends the uh, fifty West hard lemonade with Old Forester uh, over some ice in a in a tall glass. Uh, really enjoyed that summer combination. Um, right up there, a little bit pricier than a Natterday, but not not terribly terribly so. Um, so that's what I got in the glass, and then. Like Buzzy, on the wrist, I do have some quartz, although it is spring-driven quartz, not battery-driven quartz. So I wound this up after it oddly also stopped on the 25th of June. What? Uh, but a couple of twists. Yeah, I know. A couple of twists uh, took care of that I have on my uh, Grand Seiko SBGE249, uh, uh, number two, 247 out of 250. So uh, hashtag GMT Blizzard crew, uh, any of those guys listening, um, that's what I'm rocking tonight. Um, so yeah, that, uh, that clears out the pleasantries. We, uh, we got a fun episode. I, I'm really, when I heard the decades that we all picked, I'm like, this is going to be fun. But I think what we're going to do here is a little bit of a teaser. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the decades that we didn't pick and just some honorable mentions, some things that we think. Um, the one I'm going to start with is, uh, the one that's only two and a half years old, uh, the 2020s, because I think there have been some absolute fire releases and I own several of them. Um, so the two that I'm going to pick um, is uh, the new Oris PPX, the 39 millimeter with the caliber 400. I think that watch is absolutely fantastic. Um, and I put my money where my mouth is. I bought one as soon as I could. Um, so that one, that one I think is just absolutely fantastic. And then you'd be, I don't know how you can't talk about the caliber 3861 Speedmaster that came out. Um, I just think the way they executed that bracelet really did the, the dial with the dot, the, dot, the dot over 90 on the bezel, the step dial. I just think that is a fantastic throwback execution of a watch that has maintained its design language and is, is a classic, but there's just enough differences and just enough nods of the past, and that bracelet execution is fantastic. So those are kind of the two that I'm like, yeah, I, I really like that. I guess you could throw the the Cartier Tank solar solar beat in there is, yeah, hey, you want a dress watch too? Like that would be one that I think is pretty neat that they're doing. But uh, And then just almost any Seiko that has come out, any Seiko diver in the upper upper 900s to low 1000s range, like Seiko's been crushing it lately. So what have you guys got? Um, let's see. I can I can do a couple quick shout-outs here to, uh, to some things. Um I guess I, I'll first, I'll do a brand shout out. Um, so within the past few years, um, Breitling, take it from me, take it from a lot of other watch enthusiasts. You, you've stepped your game up. So good job on that. Uh, good reissues. Spend- what do you think about the new Super Ocean? I like it. I think I there's certain gonna- color combinations that work better than others, but I, th- I like it. Don't get me wrong here. I'm, I'm all for the vintage funk, the stuff that you don't really think of. But uh, that one may be a little bit too out there for me. Um, but for the most part, Breitling, you're knocking it out of the park. Um, <laughs> next up, Spence, I'm also going to copy you a little bit here. Uh, you said the 3861 Speedy. I'm going to go the 321 Speedy. That watch? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Amazing. That. Amazing. That. Uh, top of the line bracelet. Maybe not a top of the line movement, but a top of the line crafted movement. Um, all around, it's a great watch. I will own one one day, guarantee it, guarantee it. Um, and then let's see. Oh, uh, third shout out uh, to a watch that just came out recently that I've had my eye on. Uh, it's the Tiso, actually probably Tiso in general because they've also been pumping out some good good stuff. Uh, but the Tiso PRX Chrono, uh, that watch. Yeah, those are cool. Very yeah. good. Yeah, and yeah. this regular PRX, the Quartz, the Automatic, and the Chrono, all three. Different price points, different beasts all together. All three great watches. If if anybody has any interest in anything Tissot-related, go to Gear Patrol. Yours truly wrote a <laughs> buying guide for Gear Patrol on Tissot, which, uh, shocker, I learned they make probably more watches than they should. <laughs> it's a long read. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's some good stuff in there, though. I, I was surprised. You know, I read your article, Spence. Some cool stuff in there. 
You got to dig deep. I mean, for I spent it, but... a decent amount of time. On, I spent a decent amount of time on the PRX because, like, yeah, well, yeah, that's the one. As one right does. Well, yeah. And and realistically speaking, uh, the audience reading that piece is going to be more receptive, I think, to the to the PRX. That being said, t- it, it, the first time that you see a Tissot t- T-Touch, yeah. in, <laughs> the first time that you get to play with one of those, it, it's a mind-blowing experience. My uh, buddy Jay has one, and it's so, so cool. The thing that blows me away about this, and this is just going to be a weird little aside, go read it in the article. They debuted that technology in 1999. This is before the iPod, before the iPhone, before smartphones. They're like, hey, we're going to do a touch-capacitive watch crystal in 1999. GTFO, man. Like, why? Like, what is – like, think about what technology was at that point. They're like, we're going to do this in a watch. That is so cool. So, anyway. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool. Buzzman. Uh, to me, the 2020s are too too recent, a little too on the nose. So I got uh, two shout outs from the 2010s. Uh, the Omega Seamaster 300M, right? The wave dial came out in 2018. Um, that their Omega had been taking shots across the bow of Rolex for years and years and years. Uh, that wasn't the warning shot. That was a look you know, you're, you're, you're positioned where you are mostly because you've been around a long time, but like, look what we have. This is objectively just as good, if not better. Right. Great. Tastes, obviously some things are subjective. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just, it's such a complete modern, um, package for a dive watch. Um, just, Gotta gotta put a lot of respect uh, toward that. Then the other one, Bulgari Octofinissimo. Mm. I yes, <laughs> Bulgari uh, in the 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 two thousands like was uh, pumping out you know essentially a lot of schlock that just had had their name fashion watches uh, with their name plastered on them. Um, yeah, the Diagono or however the heck you say that uh, with with the aluminum. I mean, that's that's kind of neat uh, in its own right. But the, the Octos uh, were, were just where where they decided to to say the world once once again. I mean, shot shot across the bow. Like we're not just a jewelry company. Like we are going to make watches, and they're going to be incredible. Damn it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a big, 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 big shout out. And for preparing for this episode, like I was really, I wanted to talk about that one so much that I was struggling. Like, uh, I don't really want to pick the 2010s as my decade. Cause I just think it's too recent. Uh, it's such a good watch. Like I, it almost steered me to pick 2010s and I've never actually worn one. So like it might like not fit well or be kind of goofy, but, uh, uh, so neat and, and such an impressive turnaround kind of from where, where they were, uh, as a, a company making watches to like where they are now, like they had the thinnest, thinnest watch out there until, uh, D- D- Dick Meal uh, <laughs> uh, knocked Dick him Meal. off of uh, the pedestal, right? So, well, you know, you know, I think who you forgot in the 2010s. Ooh. There's, there's one other big one who you forgot in the 2010s. Our friends at Manscaped were founded in 2016. Oh, and they've been, they've been, uh, you know, changed That's the slot. game I in, like that. in grooming. Yeah, you see what I did there. <laughs> see what I did there. I did some I'm research. Big fan. If you, I'm a big fan. Yeah. So, so what you're saying is, if you wanted your body hair to be thinner, yes, you, you, or not, or non existent, even, yeah, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> but it's not just body hair removal. Although, like we said, the lawnmower with its LED light. Absolutely fantastic. Ceramic blades, as Buzzy said, mechanical engineering thing one, mechanical engineering thing two are great when you're using things to cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Um, but let's not forget all of the other products that you need to take care of your stuff. So the crop preserver, the crop revitalizer, especially during sweaty season. Like we all know that that area doesn't get a lot of airflow, especially sit, like sitting in an office chair like me. Not ideal. Uh, but you know what else? What you know what else helps with airflow? Boxer Briefs 2.0. Yep, 2.0. Mesh panels, good breathability, don't ride up, fantastic. And 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 guys, um, Spangler, were you able to recharge your battery with the uh, the wireless charging? Oh, absolutely. I know you had some issues. Yeah, no, yeah. not uh, issues. I know you you used it so much that the battery life, um, despite being quite good, wasn't enough for you. Yeah, yeah, I'm smooth. Don't worry, I'm smooth with the charger. Smooth to the ladies. It's everything you could ask for. <laughs> and if, if any of this sounds, you know, good to you, like if anybody's interested in trying out some of these products, you know, hair removal, you know, making sure things don't smell or additional breathability, which is, again, always good. Always a good thing, especially in the summer. You can let the folks, the fine folks at Manfolk, at Manscaped. <laughs> Manfolk. <laughs> yeah. Manfolk. Man That's for Manfolk man and for, the, for women, folks. You, uh... you can let them know that we sent you. <laughs> By, by by typing in promo code BuzzCut for twenty percent off and free shipping. There you go. Founded in twenty sixteen, just like you know, roughly the same time as the Octofinissimo. You know, just two. Those are, I mean, those are two pieces of high technology. Yeah, yeah. timeless even. Yes, uh, yeah. they're both beautiful design objects in their own right. This mm-hmm. is very true. This is very true. Anyway, shall we get into the meat of the episode, as it were? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that, too. I like that, too. <laughs> Woo! I'm fine tonight. Woo-hoo. Yeah, we're, we're, doing, we're doing real well. Doing real well. Um, we actually all picked decades. So I don't know. How do you guys want to handle this? Do you guys want to go in chronological order? We can go in chronological order and let's talk about, like, I think instead of jumping back and forth, let's talk about each individual decade. Like, let's talk about the three watches, like have it some conversation. So I think instead of jumping around, I I think chronologically, Spangler, you're first. Uh, I am first. I I believe so. Um, So, you know, after doing some quote unquote careful consideration as to what I would be picking for tonight... I figured I'd go something a little bit different. I guess not too different. I mean, because there's been watches since I don't know how long ago. So there's always plenty of watches per decade. But the, a decade that you know a lot of people may not associate with some cool watches, even though there are certainly some cool watches from every decade. Um, but I ended up going with the 1940s. Yeah. Um, you know, why I chose that, I don't really know. I think I was just Googling around, found some cool stuff. Figured I'd just roll with it. So, um, to start off with, the first watch I have um, is a little bit of a throwback to one I already do have. Um, and just to reference the uh, 25th of June, uh, my IWC also won off on the 25th of June. <laughs> <laughs> Big day for watches stopping in, in this <laughs> podcast. Um and then speaking of IWC, my first watch is going to be, I guess, the, not the the actual name of it, but I guess the the nickname given to it. It's the uh, IWC Dirty Dozen, um, which people out there don't know the Dirty Dozen. The quick roundup of it is that the uh, Ministry of Defense from Britain... Um, got 12 watch companies to uh, design 12 very, very similar watches um, for their efforts in the Second World War. Um, Now, there were 12 of them. Are some of them more rare than the IWC, more collectible? Sure. But if I had a gun to my head, which one I would choose? It'd be IWC. Because, like, you know, if you're thinking military, plus I have a soft spot for IWC, it's the one I'd go for. Um, So they're all pretty fairly simple. Um... Arabic numerals, sword hands or pencil hands, however you want to describe it, uh, and the running seconds at uh, six o'clock. Uh, simple but effective, very cool. Yeah, Spence, you, yep, hundred percent. That is it. That is that's actually a really cool watch. 
yeah, it's cool. They're uh, they've got a cool history behind them. You know, I'm a big fan of uh, military watches. Um, and yeah, I think it's a cool it's cool stuff. It's a cool piece. Um, especially you know, I don't really uh, pitch Hodinkee too often, but uh, if you do go to their website, they have a very cool story on the Dirty Dozen um, because you know they are correct as a set. They're very very cool. Um, just to have that whole piece of history right there. Um, it's cool. It's a cool piece. Cool history on it. Um, overall, cool watch. I like it. Maybe a bit small for my wrist, but uh, you know, it is what it is. This one's thirty-five and a half. That's not much different than thirty-six. <laughs> That's true. On how you want to round? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Plus, that is an true. Awful, awful lot of dial on there, which will help it wear a little bit bigger. You could always put it on a bund if you want it to wear bigger. You could. You could. I think that watch deserves to be on a bund. Yes. Agreed. Even though they're hideous straps, I'm, I'm just going to say it. I own one. I think they're hideous, but it's kind of the charm in them, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, moving on from the Dirty Dozen, um, I would figure, well, I figured I'd go in, I guess, sort of a, a brand direction. Um, and it's not the one with the five-pointed crown, but it's their sister brand, uh, and that is Tudor. And I am going with the Tudor Oyster Reference 4463. Um, now, I'm not going to give the entire history of Tudor because that would just take up most of the podcast, let's be honest here. Um, so the Quick and Dirty is founded in 26, uh, fairly large-scale production in 32. Um, but... That entire time, those watches were missing one important thing. And I think, you know, honestly, when I think of Tudor, I think the coolest, one of the coolest aspects of Tudor is their design, especially when it comes to the dial. Um, And when I think of Tudor, I think of the Tudor Rose. And it wasn't until the 1940s um, and the reference um, nine or four, four, six, three, excuse me there, uh, was actually one of the first Tudor watches to have the Tudor Rose on it. Um, cause I think, you know, that, that aspect of Tudor is such, such a quintessential thing when it comes to that brand, having one of the first references to feature that, I think it's pretty cool. Uh, and it came about in the forties. So who would have, who would have guessed? I, I gotta say at one point, the Hodinkee shop had one of these on sale for 2,200 bucks. So I have no idea how long ago that was. <laughs> But <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is since sold. <laughs> uh, yes, unsurprising. Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, it's a cool little piece of history there. Um, yeah. Really cool that watch. Yep. Really cool watch. Yeah, it's cool. I don't know what the dimensions are on it. I think it's 30, probably another... 34. Small. By yeah, 34. Uh, yeah, 34, 11 thick with a plexiglass crystal, fairly domed plexi. Oh, yeah. oh, even back, even back in the 40s, Tudor, 19 millimeter strap. Come on. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you wouldn't have to worry about uh, not being able to find a 19 millimeter NATO strap because NATO wasn't invented yet. <laughs> Wouldn't run into any <laughs> trademark issues either, would it? No, definitely wouldn't. <laughs> Which that that conversation, the whole fucking well, episode we, we'll, we'll get we'll get there at some point. <laughs> <laughs> How someone can trademark the brand or the name? Native. Just let's. I don't want to get sued. Let's not even worry about it. <laughs> That's fine. Um, the the strap that goes under the lugs and can wrap around is on itself. Yeah, nylon strap. NATO style. Nylon strap. Is, yeah. Okay. NATO style. Yeah. Yeah. You've got. <laughs> You've got a yes. third watch. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Okay. So moving on from not getting sued, um, <laughs> you know, I figured I had a military watch, which, you know, I have a degree in history. You know, people may not know that the 40s were pretty big when it comes to wartime activities. So I figured if I'm going 40s, <laughs> I hope people, I need I, to have a, they might have I been. hope. Just a little. <laughs> side, just side, a little. Sidebar. 
I hope uh-huh. that the sort of people that can spend a couple of thousand dollars on a watch understand that World War II happened in the 40s. Like I, I realize that people's historical literacy is pretty stinking low, right? And uh, that, that's probably by design. Um, but uh, yeah, if you if you have that kind of money sitting around to to buy completely frivolous items like watches, I hope to hell you know that World War II happened then. You don't need to know the exact years, but it would probably be a good idea to know, you know, allies versus Axis, that that whole thing. You'd be surprised the number of people I ask about, oh, when do you think World War II was? Oh, I don't know, 1970? It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, yeah. So, yes. All, all of those feel like I, all of those Huey helicopters uh, listening to the Rolling Stones <laughs> uh, in World War II. Yeah. That. <laughs> wow. Uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry for well, that. Moving on from that. <laughs> we had to throw it in there, you know. Spangler so, needs some new friends. <laughs> or some more historically... Uh, competent friends we'll go with that that's a generous yes. way to say it yes <laughs> um, <quickly> competent <laughs> <laughs> um so let's see i had my uh i had my military watch i had my brand watch and then next i figured i would go with sort of uh my activity watch you know because i have a very big penchant for collecting watches that go with kind of like how i I go about my my day-to-day business, you know, as I mentioned earlier, my IWC, that's the watch I wear for hiking, my Rolex, kayaking, you know, that kind of of stuff. So, you know, I figured I'd go for a watch that was, I guess the brand today may have a bad rap. Back in the 40s, however, this brand, fairly well-respected as an outdoors, you know, hiking, mountaineering, that kind of stuff brand um and so i am gonna go my third choice um with an abercrombie and fitch chronograph um so basically any 40s abercrombie and fitch um chrono because you know it's cool it's a cool backstory right you know abercrombie and fitch you know for younger millennials like myself tends to get a bad rap as like the store in the mall that you walk by and you know, you smell like, I don't know, some Guido from the Jersey shore for like four days. You know, it's, it's, it's got that mentality. Cause like today I would never set foot in it. Cause I have that bad association. Yes. Perfect. Spence just pulled up one on his phone for those, uh, listening out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, that one, um, I think the Hodinky shop actually had one. Um, as well as the tri-compacts. But, um, yeah, uh, Abercrombie back in the day, really cool brand, outdoor exploration, cool stuff. That, that one with it, you can't see it probably very well. That's a salmon dial. It's gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. No, I can't. It comes in a little bit salmon. <laughs> it comes in a little salmon. Yeah. I, I mean, I could, I could text it to you guys, but, you know, that's I'm lazy. <laughs> <laughs> We're all very lazy here on the podcast if you – uh. Couldn't tell out there. They can tell. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I figured to go with this guy. Um, you know, cool, cool backstory. How uh, Abercrombie and Fitch utilized Hoyer to make some of their their watches for a good amount of time. Uh, I don't know offhand when the uh, partnership ended, but certainly through the 40s, through the 60s, I want to say. Um, maybe into the 70s. I don't really know. Don't quote me on that. Don't at me. Um but uh, yeah, they had a fairly cool partnership. Um, so, you know, it's one of those niche watches that you kind of just have to look a little bit further into it to uh, understand the full story. So th- this this that's a brilliant pick, and it also cements your legacy on this podcast as like niche old because I feel like multiple times you've collected on like uh, fresh forum finds some really slick older chronographs and it it's 
so many times it it's a, an off the wall one one that you have to to dig a little bit to find so hat hats off to you sir that uh that's very slick for sure i love them i don't own any but i love them i love them from a distance you're very passionate about <laughs> them and, and maybe one day having one i think so i think it'll, i think it's in the cards of the future i can see that yeah all right, I guess that means I'm up next. That's right. So I'm going to go with a decade near and dear to my heart because I was born in it. The 1980s. Kind of a, uh, a unique uh, era for Swiss watches, watches in general, car design. Um, you know, we talked, we've talked about my 86 Corvette, which I got out this weekend, started right up. No issues. Drove it twice. Had the boys help me wash it, which I will say... Significantly easier to wash that car than my wife's Expedition, which we've never even attempted and I don't think ever will without a, the use of a car wash. So, um, <laughs> yeah, just uh, just word of the wise. Smaller cars wash easier. There's less of them. <laughs> <laughs> Buzzy, Buzzy can probably wash his Miata in about three and a half Oh, yeah, yeah the, the difference between... Quick be, spit shine. The difference between the Miata and, and the van can barely be put into words as far as amount of time and effort yes so i'm gonna go with the 1980s and interestingly enough i know bro thought with his picks in the 70s he was kind of zagging a little bit on on you know some some heavy hitters that he passed on you guys stay to the end and notice see if you guys can pick up on a trend on the watches that i pick so i'm gonna try to go in chronological order here um, and, and this should come as no surprise to anybody who's ever heard me talk about the newer versions of this watch on the show. But I'm going to go with the watch that debuted as the uh, flagship of the Constellation line. That would be the 1982 Omega Constellation Manhattan. I knew that was coming. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Two-tone, nice. quartz movement. I don't care what dial. Give me, give me, the, give me the gold dial with a two-tone on that bracelet. Oh, yeah. Two-tone fineness. Just... There's something about that one, and that one actually had the functional claws to hold the sapphire down over the um, over the case. Just such a funky design, and I think one of the reasons why I've never pulled the trigger on a newer one, despite liking the build quality and everything about it, is when I think Constellation in my mind, I tend to go to the 80s and early 90s, like the vintage, the 35, 36 millimeter versions of this watch. And realistically, if you get a two-hand version, like Buzzy said, I don't know why you wouldn't go quartz. They're significantly less expensive, even the two-tone model. Like, I, I just keep thinking, like, I'm going to own a Constellation at some point. It's got to be it's gotta be an 80s version with, with, with a quartz movement. Like, that, that, to me, is where I'm going. And it's funny. I, I, I joke with my wife, like... Sometime after college, like for a while after college, I lived in Milwaukee. And there was one weekend I was walking downtown near my office, but like just, I can't remember what I was doing. Maybe even been driving. But I saw what could only be described as quintessentially 80s guy. He was driving an 80s convertible Corvette, which again, I, I own a Targa that, that, that's a special model to me for, for reasons, for various reasons, but not the most attractive Corvette that was ever designed. Like the eighties were not kind to car design. They were like very angular, very boxy, very cool, very futuristic looking, but like looking back on them, not, not the best. I think DeLorean has something to say about that. A different future Uh, than we wound up going to. Correct. (laughs) But what I will say is, so I'm, I'm walking through downtown Milwaukee and there's a guy in an eighties convertible Corvette wearing a Hawaiian shirt, slick back hair, Nice. And he's listening. What I can hear on the radio is one of my favorite 80s songs, which would be Your Love from the Outfields album Beginnings. <laughs> so just like there's a, that, that, that song, to me, just that is quintessentially 80s guy that I saw in downtown Milwaukee in 2009, like 2009, 2010. So like that is cemented in my head. In, in my mind, that guy is wearing an 80s Omega Constellation Manhattan has to be just has to be so that's the first pick the second pick going in chronological order 
I feel like I'm going to go Precious Metal here, although any of the options are really good. And a, and a future James Bond was featured in the ads for this watch. Because you got to keep it classy. You know, the, the, the Constellation is your integrated bracelet sport watch. Not the best water resistance, but, you know, still kind of a sportier, sportier vibe with that bracelet. Got to keep it classy sometimes. I'm going to go with a full gold Cartier Panther that came out nice. in 1983. <laughs> Another classic 80s watch. Um, <laughs> it was all over. All the It people had it. Pierce Brosnan was featured in the ads as Remington Steel, just like that watch with a suit. Just very, very classy. Very classy. Uh, very 80s classy, as it were. Um, just, like I said, you got to go full gold with that one, I think. And again, quartz movement. Quartz movement. Um, you know, post-quartz crisis, as my grandfather would say, quartz is the latest. It's the most accurate. It, that's just, that's where it's at. That that's. It seemed like even the Swiss were embracing that at the time. Uh, there's just something about a Cartier, but nothing, nothing is, is 80s Cartier as the Panther. And it's, I think it's made a bit of a comeback recently. I think they debuted it again. They might have debuted it again a couple of years ago. Uh, isn't getting all the love that the Santos or the Santos Dumont are, but like that, that watch, I think there's just something about the little square, his and hers, you know, type of a, type of a, of a watch there. That was very, very big in the 80s. So that's mm-hmm. my, that's my second pick. And then moving on, um, I haven't seen Top Gun Maverick yet. <clears throat> haven't seen it yet, but over the weekend, over the 4th, we watched the original that came out in 1986. Um, and Tom Cruise, of course, it's it's been widely covered. He's wearing that that Porsche design um, chronograph, the, the, the black DLC or PVD version of that, that actually debuted sometime in the late 70s. So that's, that's not the pick. But everybody here knows I'm a James Bond fan. And uh, we, we talked about Pierce Brosnan, the gentleman who predated him or was his predecessor as James Bond, who did two films in the late 80s, uh, Sir Timothy Dalton, in one of them wore a Tag Heuer Night Diver with a black DLC coating and a fully Mm -hmm. loomed dial. Um, I believe that was in The Living Daylights. So that movie debuted in 1987. I'm sure the watch came out roughly around the same time. Um, obviously that watch has had a bit of a renaissance here recently, uh, with the new 43 millimeter version, but again, the original quartz. So I, I know our buddy soul, uh, has one of these. Um, I think one of the original ones, I can't remember whether his is quartz or not. I think it is, but just, just really, really cool piece, really of the era. And it's interesting because people, like I said, I've, I was, I've kind of been cheekily ragging on eighties design and I don't know if it's being a child of the mid-80s, just seeing some of these things come back. It's looking just like, you know, these are going to have their time again. I, and I think it's rapidly approaching. I think these are going to have their time again. Um, and you're starting to see it with, with some of these things kind of coming back out again. So um, those are my three picks. They're all quartz. I don't care. They're awesome watches. Unless it's June 25th, you're not going to have an issue. <laughs> <laughs> right, Buzzy? <That's> right. <laughs> uh, man. Yeah. I, I like those picks. And, you know, if uh, you got through the 80s without a tag Hoyer, I was going to be, like, incredibly upset. Night Diver is I got you, an bro. inspired pick. All right. Well, let's... Uh, Let's jump to the 2000s. Um, I don't care that uh, uh, we've already uh, gone through uh, the, the 2000s uh, on, the, uh, on one of the other uh, podcasts because to me... Spirit of Time. Yes, it was Spirit of Time. You and Greg. Yeah. Um, because to me, the 2000s, uh, that's when I first got into the hobby, seriously. Now, granted, it was at the tail end of the 2000s. Um, so a, a lot of those first loves, uh, as, as it were, uh, for me uh, happened in this decade. So that's why I decided uh, to select it for my three watch collection. And I'm excited about this one uh, because I feel like there is great all around utility. I think that 
Um, you easily could have this three watch collection and be perfectly well set up to do darn near anything. You know, uh, maybe get a G shock for changing the oil on your car. Right. But like, uh, other than, than that, you're set with, with this collection. Um, okay. So let's start it off with, with, uh, my diver, uh, the, the one that I would think, uh, will get the most wrist wear. This is the Omega Seamaster Professional 2254.50. Uh, everyone knew that was coming, uh, from me. You, you, you've heard me extol these virtues before, uh, the quote unquote Peter Blake, uh, edition. So I, um, I've seen this in the wild before so a guy uh, I sat next to on an airplane had one. They look just as great on someone's wrist as they do in pictures. Uh, and it's really hard to believe um, that, that that's from you don't 2000. <laughs> what? That I don't own it's one? Yes. It's really hard to believe that you don't own yes, one? Yes, <laughs> it is, actually. Um, yeah, if... If they didn't take off a bit recently, I probably would have probably would have gotten gotten one uh, in lieu of some of the other pickups that I made. Thanks, James Stacy. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I would I would say uh, more thanks. Uh, completely unforeseeable inflation that happens by pumping thousands of dollars into everyone's pockets. Um, Fair. You know, but, but that's not as catchy. No, no, no. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's credit uh, poor James Stacy for uh, an, uh, across the board inflation of asset prices instead. Yes, that makes sense. Um, so yeah, you could do the bond bracelet. Uh, but you would be incorrect. The Speedmaster bracelet uh, goes much better with that because this is the Seamaster with such a clean, legible dial. So that's why it pairs more readily uh, with with that very clean Speedmaster bracelet design. 41 millimeter diameter, 47 lug to lug, 12 thick. Those are beautiful just right dimensions and quite honestly there are only three things that keep this watch from um being one that they would be selling right now right from from being a a modern watch okay number one obviously aluminum bezel um, but this is this is aluminum bezel era, right? The the uh, Rolex sub went ceramic in in 2010, um, so this is this is just a decade where everything's aluminum, and uh, and that's fine. Um, this one has like pretty like like all Omegas of this era uh, in the completely straight on picture that they take on the watch website. It's got like really gross looking uh, slop on the uh, solid end links with the case, but that's also something that like you just don't see on any like normal picture. So I think that's pretty, pretty made up. Um, and then of course, no, no micro adjust, no toolless uh, micro adjust. This can even be added with, with later parts and Omega. Well, they're Omega now. Uh, unlike, uh, unlike their, uh, uh, competition at Rolex uh, actually st- will still sell you spare parts, you know, in, instead of saying, no, you're not allowed to buy them. Uh, plus this, these bracelets had half links, so you have options to make it, make it fit. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's just such a great, such a great diver. Actually, Soul has one of these uh, front, front of the podcast. So, so he, he has two of the James Bond watches we picked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much we're we're just uh we're just wanting your collection. We just we Yeah. <laughs> we're so inspired. <laughs> yeah. I, I just I could see I could see this one being very in a very similar vein to my Black Bay fifty eight, the this watch that you just wear 
all day long. And if they came out with a modern version of this, I, I don't see how I, I wouldn't buy it. Right. Like that would be incredible. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that's watch one. Watch two. You, you've also heard heard me uh, talk about this one, the Rolex Digest Turnograph, another buzz object of lust. Um, yeah, it, it's kind of neither fish nor fowl because it's it's small and dressy, but it has a rotating bezel. Um, but I think that's actually a, a really good thing here. Um, the correct way to build this one out is two-tone Jubilee bracelet, white dial. Um, the dial choice is honestly they they look they look good with the champagne-ish one. Um, I, I know Spence loves the gray. Uh, the gray is dope. So is the navy blue though. The, the the blue one's pretty good too. And even there's 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 not really a wrong choice. Yes. There's just more right choices. Let's just put it. Back. Yeah, the the dial color is actually the the one that I'm least wedded to. Although um, I have seen some non non two tone bracelets. All of those bezels are gold. Um, if you want the easy link, if you want the oyster bracelet, like the white dial. Oyster actually looks looks pretty decent, and I think that's because the um, there's just there's just enough flat with the uh, minutes kind of lands on that uh, on that bezel that it's it looks somewhat like the the smooth bezel uh, date just or any of the ops. What I would say if you if you get this watch. And I think, no offense, our buddy Motor John had this on an Oyster, I'm pretty sure. If you get this watch on an Oyster, you're getting a solid B. Like, just don't even worry about it. Like like we said, there's there's no wrong way. There's only more right ways. So, like, if you're getting an Oyster version, that's a B. It's a great grade. It's above – C is passing. It's above, it's above average. Or C is average. It's above average. If you want, if you want an A, you're getting it on a Jubilee. Mm-hmm. The Super. A to, a to A plus, yeah, because it's a super juve. A to A plus is two tone, and then just depending on your dial color, your A maybe A minus, depending on if like certain ones are a little bit better than others. But like, if you're on Jubilee and you're two tone, you're getting an A. It's just a matter of whether you want that A plus <laughs> in the gray dial. <laughs> so, just say it. If you want the A plus in the eyes of Spence, yes, it's Jubilee. That's right. Like I said, there's no wrong way to do this. There's only more right ways. So like. <laughs> And and quite honestly, I feel like you would be perfectly within your rights to just own these two watches, and this will take care of virtually everything. It virtually would. everything. But, yeah. You um, have like the two big boys of the typical, somewhat accessible stuff, right? Where where we're not talking about, um, you know spending new car money on on the pieces of jewelry uh and it also they you know that they're different enough but you can make them even more different you can cover even more ground with my third pick and i agonized over this pick it was uh it was a toughie I had some that I wanted to put in, but I thought there was just too much overlap. And I just, I'm going for this Breitling Aerospace, the uh, 2007 to uh, 13 edition. So a little, hmm. little titanium analog digital boy. You got chronograph perpetual calendar. Well, it, it probably will die on the tw- June twenty fifth, just like all quartzes. Yeah, as long as it's not on June twenty fifth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, GMT alarm, even the backlight. All of these functions unlocked via an intricate hand drive with the non screw down crown. It's got the professional bracelet, those angle cut links that I adore so much. They're so good. That's so much fun. 
Um, and it's thin. You know, it's 10, 10 millimeters uh, thick. 10.4 if you want to be pedantic. Um, yeah, it's it's just a uh, a great grab-and-go, as long as it's not on June 25th, watch. <laughs> and it will... You know, I, I really wanted to get a chrono uh, in here, and I really agonized between this. I knew my third one was going to be a Breitling. I obviously liked Breitling so much it... It, at that time to buy one, I used one, you know, but uh, yeah. So I was thinking, you know, maybe do I just go with the, the uh, Colt uh, Chrono, right? Like, like I've got maybe the one that was slightly more, more recent, just a, a little bit, uh, a little bit bigger, but I think the aerospace is uh, super, super fun. And um it was just kind of agonizing, right? You have to do all that stuff via the crown. That seems like actually pretty damn confusing uh, versus just hitting a pusher. But uh, sometimes more is more. So we're going with that. I also really wanted to put the Super Marine, the uh, Super Ocean Steelfish in there because I think those are just sweet and it's such a, such a flex, but uh, too much overlap with, with the rest of the collection. Well, and you're reminding me of another awesome 80s Breitling, which was the original Chronomat on the Rouleau bracelet mm-hmm. that uh, Jerry Seinfeld could be seen rocking in the first couple seasons of Seinfeld. So mm-hmm. that I'll put that as my honorable mention from the 80s because that is another fire watch um, that I, I just think is just something that's unique that, that is very unique to them. So throw that one out there too. Yeah, but I mean, that that's my collection. I would be thrilled to just almost three watches and that's all. I, I think that's it's so so well rounded, so doable. Even the dog agrees, right? Yeah, <laughs> she does. She loves it, Eleanor. Right? Of course, you are correct. <laughs> there we go. She's been featured on a few of the episodes. Yeah, she has. She has <laughs> a, a valued member of the podcast family. Yes. yes, friend of the show. Friend of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was that was a lot of fun. Those were some excellent picks. Um, I think that rounds out uh, the decades challenge, the decade dance, as it were, between rest in uh, peace, the, the, the rest yeah, in peace for for, for the <laughs> triumph for the triumvirate um, tripod of uh, watch podcasts. Right. No, so big uh, big uh, if, big big shout out to uh, Spirit of Time for for coming up with this. Uh, yeah, this one was a lot of fun. And, you know, Buzzy, I know we talked about doing this last week. One, it wouldn't have been the same without Spangler's uh, jaunt back to the 40s. And two, kind of mix it up. We we joked about doing research on this. As soon as I knew what decade I was going to do, I was like, I don't need to, these are the three I want to do. Like, there's, I don't need to research any of it. Like, I had to research just to make sure that they came out in the right decade, but I was pretty, I was pretty sure. Um, So, yeah, I just, I I agree that. The bulk of my research was just confirming that the dates that I remembered were were in range. I would love to do this. I would love to see. I know they won't. Maybe they will. Because every once in a while we mention something and then like Rolex brings back their choice of bracelet on the GMT. The right type of watch. Like I think people listen to us more than, than they should or than they let on. I would honestly like to see like Jack Forster do something like this and pick like the 1830s and just like go with like mm-hmm. some Brigade pocket, like just go all like all Jack Forster nerded out on like vintage pocket watches from the like from Louis Brigade himself or Abraham Louis Brigade, whatever his full name was. Like just do that. That would be really cool. <laughs> He's got some cool numerals. That's all I really know. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I feel like somebody could do that and I would listen to it for sure. For sure. For an hour, for an hour. Agreed. Yeah. Like uh, I'm yeah. taking the, uh, you know, second century BC and the, the, uh, the attic Etheria mechanism. <laughs> well, <laughs> That that mechanical computer obviously was was worn about the watch, but the 
the leather wasn't preserved in in the uh, coastal waters. <laughs> yeah, like I Obviously. said, I, I i i would take it. I would take it to somebody to pick some decades we didn't do. Throw the gauntlet down. Either either Hodinkee, Scottish watches, anybody else. Let's let's see what you got. I would love for somebody to pick the twenties and take like the original Cartier Santos for his buddy, who was one of the first pilots. Was behind the Wright brothers, but one of the first pilots. Um, just something like that would be like, it'd just be cool. Like, like the, the, the OG wristwatch. If you had one of those in the twenties, the dames would be all over. Yeah. <laughs> what, what can I say? I probably would have had a bunch of moxie too. And Wearing these kind of watches <laughs> on my wrist too would be crazy. A watch not on my pocket. Unbelievable. Uh, all right. All right. All right. I think, I think we've, we've beat this, beat this horse to death. So, uh, that was a lot of fun. It was, uh, it was fun chatting, catching up with you guys. We hope all the listeners enjoyed the conclusion as it were to the, uh, to the, uh, decade dance and, uh, we'll catch everybody next week for how is it going to be episode 120? I don't know. That's insane. We'll see everybody next week. See ya. <laughs>